Hi, everyone, and welcome to Horror Cafe, Episode 9. I'm Erica. And I'm Jackie. And today we are both drinking a Café con Leche. Yes, thank you for getting me some. I love this stuff, as you very well know. It's good stuff. It is, so thank you. And we are continuing our May hauntings with 1979's The Amityville Horror. Take it away with the plot, Mom. Okay, so we have a family of five, three young children, and a recently married couple move into a house that was the scene of a grisly mass murder. And apparently the home of an 18th century Satanist. And the kicker is, they knew this. Not the Satanist part, but the mass murder. They did. And once they move in, the shit hits the fan pretty much right away. Yeah, it does. They are terrorized by supernatural forces. And 28 days later... (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 28 days. That's a movie too. I know. 28 days later, they... After moving in, they get the hell out of there. When I saw this as a kid, it freaked me out. I thought it was the scariest movie around. Granted, I don't remember my first horror movie. I'm still thinking it's Texas Chainsaw, and that was pretty damn scary too. But this one terrified me. And I remember in hanging out in your childhood bedroom. Mm-hmm seeing your hardcover version of the book, and it always had a fly. Yes. And for some reason, that always freaked me out. And funny enough, the the scene with the fly surrounding the priest is the scariest scene to me to this day. I don't know what it is about. I don't like bugs anyway, so (laughs) that makes it five times worse. I was just about to say, well, you have this insect phobia, which is hilarious given... Some of the facts that you're going to cover in a minute or two. Yes. So, yeah. I did read the book eventually. It's a great book. It's really scary. It is scary. It's very good. If you haven't read the book, I do recommend it. It's it's scarier, honestly, than the movie. And watching the movie this time around, I was... I was let down. I was, yeah. And I was excited you, about watching it. You were, and you were kind of like, meh. At the end, it was you were average. Like, you literally looked at me and said, "That's it." Yeah, I'm like, well, what are you expecting? I, I didn't know something what you... more amazing. <laughs> the movie was also remade later. I know. I know. We're gonna have to do a a, a remake a, a, a remake a, episode. Yeah, I think yeah, we should do for, that for all the movies that are remade. Maybe that'll be our thing for next year. Could be remakes. Oh, that would give us probably a year's worth of. I think so. I think so. Well, I, I still enjoyed the movie this time around. And I, and I do actually remember watching it back in 79. And I thought it was so scary. And, you know, I had also, of course, as you just said, had read the book prior. And I was excited to see a lot of what was covered in the book in the movie. Because I didn't, I'm always disappointed with movies after I read the book because I love reading. Um but I thought that they did a pretty good job of incorporating a lot of the stuff that was in the book into the movie, like the marching band, the 315, the weird dragon in the living room, all that stuff. I, I still like it. I, I didn't mind it at all. Well, that's the beauty of this. We don't always have to agree. And we recently had the, the, the reversal thing. Right, with Friday the 13th. Right, so there you go. Well, the critics agreed with me. The Rotten Tomatoes score from the critics was 28%, and the audience was 52 And you're, you're happy with the, the critics' score, because that's how you feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, 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 yeah, I feel that way. Even today, after, maybe you'll change your mind after we, after we talk about it. We have done that many times. It has happened. We have done it already. Yeah. I've convinced you otherwise with certain characters and other movies that we've watched where you're like, this is my least favorite or my favorite or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's the other one. So you never know. Let's see. Let's see if you can talk me (laughs) around. Around. (laughs) As I mentioned, this is a book. It was based on a book from 1977 by Jay Anson. So you're going into movie facts now, right? You bet. All right. Go for it. All right, so the on-location scenes of the Amityville were filmed in a private residence in Toms River, New Jersey. 
they converted the home to look like the Amityville home because they were denied permission to use the, the actual location. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Local police and ambulance workers were paid as extras in the film. And the Tom's River Volunteer Fire Company, they provided the fake rain, like at the end. (laughs) Uh Wow, that's That's pretty pretty cool. cool. Uh, James Brolin, who is George Lutz, was hesitant at first in taking the role. He, the script was unfinished, but he obtained a, a copy of the book. He read the book until two in the morning and he got so hung up on the book that a pair of his pants fell and freaked him out <laughs> and decided to participate in the movie. And he thought that what was happening in the book would make a great movie. Well. So even actors are jumpy. There you go. And it, yeah, that's kind of cool, man. That's cool, right? Didn't we just recently read something similar with some other movie where they were convinced, oh, it was um, it was for Paranormal Activity. Yes. With uh, Steven with Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Interesting. That's pretty neat. The cinematographer for the movie had a serious fear of insects. Oh, wow. I wonder who else has a very serious fear of insects mm-hmm. that I know. Mm-hmm. He Who's- had an extremely Ooh. rough time shooting the scenes... With the flies. Whenever he had to do a, a close-up, he had to look away. I I would understand. <laughs> I would. This is a person who is terrified of even butterflies. Yeah. When we've gone to, like, well, over, over here locally, it's called Butterfly World. I, I mean, I'm ducking the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you go. Yeah, because of the, it's pretty. <laughs> they are pretty. Anyway, uh, you're, you spend the entire time cringing. I know. We mentioned this in The Conjuring, but I'll bring it up again um, very quickly. The Warrens, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are famous paranormal investigators, were also involved in the Amityville investigation. Hmm. So kind of tying in from The Conjuring. But weren't they involved in, in, the, in the sequel of it? Yes, they were advisors uh. for, the, for the film. But I'm talking about... The actual investigation. Oh, okay. Got it. They were actually involved. Mm, Neat. And now I'm going to give you some facts about the real story. Those are interesting because you briefly told me a couple of things that you found. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. After telling their story, George and Kathy Lutz took a lie detector test to prove their innocence and they passed. Hmm. The couple, meaning the Lutzes, were... In financial issues, which, of course, made skeptics like, okay, you're just making this up to get attention and media and money and sell this fantastic story out into the world. I could see that. And look how much money it has made. Yeah, it has made a lot of money. The Lutz's son, Daniel, claims that the house ruined his life and continues to give him nightmares to this day. Hmm. Wow. Ron DeFeo Jr., who is the infamous murderer who Mm -hmm. killed his whole family his whole story was that he heard voices that were urging him to kill his family he changed his story multiple times which of course then makes it look suspicious yeah right well or something to cover up the fact that he just killed them and there were no voices exactly the amityville house the actual house sold in february of 2017 for six hundred and five thousand dollars which is $200,000 less than the original asking price. It was owned by four other families since the murders. And they even changed the address so that the tourists, like I would probably go. <laughs> I would be there too. And they've even changed the windows. The facade looks very yeah. different because I've seen re- recent photos of it and it does yeah. look different. But of course now their real address is online. So, so what so difference does it make? Falling at this point, you yeah. know, it's like whatever, I, Make some money off of it. Give tours. I mean, but it, it's got to be irritating. <laughs> yeah, people just standing outside. Because oh, this is the Amityville house. Because you know I'd be there. I would too. I know we'd both be there. So you know, and, there you go. And I'd want to knock contrib- on the door. <laughs> We're contributing to the reason why they changed the address. <laughs> this last fact I thought was the most interesting, and what a coincidence! Ron DeFeo Jr. died March twelfth of twenty twenty. One. Wow. So literally 
three weeks ago uh-huh. from today. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Because we're filming. Sorry. We're recording this in March. <laughs> <laughs> I keep calling it you filming. keep calling us filming. And I know. it's hilarious. I keep thinking, you know, maybe, maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's a sign. Maybe. Isn't that weird? That's really weird. <laughs> yeah. Because I was, you know, Googling all these things and it came, it came up. Oh my God. God, how creepy! Did yep. it say how he died or no? Or he... just there? It they haven't released why oh. he did die in prison though, because he was sentenced to six multiple twenty five for or... second degree murder of all those people. Yeah, his family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his family. <laughs> I thought the facts for this movie. I mean, there's so much more. You could go down a huge Amityville rabbit hole, but these I thought were the most interesting and mm-hmm. to. Yeah, I went down one a couple of years ago myself when I was looking up information on them because i was curious as to what happened to the family after and i went down that rabbit hole and i found out so much stuff i don't really remember most of it now but a lot of it had to do with the fact that maybe the lutzes had made all this stuff up that's Um, a big theory there it is a big theory. there's a lot of it but the fact that of course he could be part of it but i mean who knows the son is saying that he's still having nightmares from it right I guess it's up in the air. It's up in the air, just like when we were talk, talking in The Conjuring. It's if you believe or not. Right. Yeah. It's up to you to make your own conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, now we're going to go on to movie observations. So the movie opens up rather violently. And it's Ronald DeFeo going room to room, shooting everyone in his family. It's, you know, looking at it this time... I thought it was pretty graphic. I mean, they even show him shooting kids, the, the kids, which was like, whoa. Yeah, for 1979, we, we've been bringing this up a lot with the older movies, how shocked we are for that for time. that time. Like, and and it is violent because they show blood and everything yeah, and like the and, movement and, of when they get shot. And how the body, oh, it, it, it yeah. was pretty grisly. When you really think about it, that scene is pretty grisly. I'm going to interrupt you. All right. The movie actually started with just a picture in red and black of the house Mm -hmm. and the little creepy music the children let's play a little clip okay is that not iconic it's iconic iconic for it is i'm telling you horror movies seem to have themes that you can go back and say, yep, that's Amityville. Yes, that's Exorcist. That's Jaws. It's like... You love that, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> that whole association thing. It is. Uh, yeah, but it does You may have, continue. <laughs> yeah, no, it, and that's a great point because this one, the minute I hear that, I even when I've heard it not watching the movie, right. I know it belongs to this movie. You do? It's that little sing-song music of those kids. It's really creepy. Because anytime I hear little kids singing in that way, it kind of creeps me out. I know. Horror movies have kind of ruined... Because it, it kind of sounds like a, a lullaby, but gone a little astray. <laughs> very astray. <laughs> so just wanted to point that out. Because it starts off with a very creepy vibe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Continue, Mom. Fast forward a year later, we meet George and Kathy Lutz. They're driving up to the house. The real estate agent there is waiting for them to show them the house. Yeah, they take the tour. You can see that the real estate lady was is a on little edge. edgy, and she almost wanted to like rush them through the yeah, house. She did. She had that. All right, here's the kitchen, and here's this, and, and here's, here's this that. extra bedroom. I, I don't know what we want to do with it, but let's go. Let's go. Yeah, she did not want to be there. Yeah, and they decide. You realize when you're hearing George and Kathy talk that they're probably having some financial issues they're recently married she has three kids he doesn't have any and but they make the decision to buy the house because it's a steal eighty thousand dollars listen listen that's a steal now yes but i can imagine what that would equate to back then right well for a house that size it's probably a steal yes and and he i think George said that it was like it was it was under way undervalued that the actual right. price should have been over 120,000 but look at the house it it was big it's a beautiful house beautiful house if it you had a guest house remodel it <laughs> it had a guest house the boat house it had a boat house and it was on a lake and it was on a lake yes nowadays that's a million dollar home wood floors i mean it like 
Three was, stories. Yes, three stories. It's a beautiful house. It is a beautiful house. I did find photos of the real house. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous inside. I'm sure. I would live there, but I wouldn't. Right. Not that one. No. But here's the kicker with this. These two moved into this house, obviously knowing about the murders. About the they murders. had to be disclosed, but... I don't know if I would. I would not be able to move in there. I don't think I would either. Oh, and the real estate agent kept saying, oh, we can throw this in for the price. (laughs) That's how desperate they are to try to get rid of this house. To get rid of the house. Get it off the market. Um, There was a a little something that George said, and he says, houses don't have Have memories. memories. I even wrote it in my notes. I did too. I thought that was a great line. Right, but I disagree with him. I disagree, but... 100% disagree. Yeah. Clearly, this house has memories. Yeah. And and then, you know, they decide to buy the house and blah, blah, blah. The lady stays... The real estate agent stays behind and she's in the kitchen. But you can... Like, there's like a bit of a, a... A draft. A draft comes in and papers move. And she starts to, like, freak out. And she just picks up her shit and gets out of there. She hightails it out of there. I She's like, fuck it. I'm out of here. Number, I would not have bought that house. True. I I can't live in a place where I know a tragedy like that has happened. This is another situation in horror movies that happens often. Again, you're buying (laughs) this house with this history. And it's like, why? Yeah. Yeah, I that's that's not for me. It's not for me either. Yeah. It is a beautiful house. It is, but not that beautiful. <laughs> for me, <laughs> not that beautiful. They move in a month later. And you know, you see all this stuff going on. They're, They're happy happy people and yeah, cleaning. <laughs> She's there with contact paper and all this fun stuff and you know how it is when people move in. And um you realize that Kathy is very religious. They hang up a cross. Yes. They're outside, and I their priest, Father Delaney, shows up. And he lets himself into the house. Listen, I, I mentioned that when we were watching it. It's <laughs> you like, did. listen, I, I understand you're a priest, but you're just walking into somebody's house without being let in. And I think... I mean, it's 1979. Yeah, and I also think that he has that kind... She later on in the movie says that they were very close and they have a special relationship. But it's still their house. I know, but maybe he's okay with that. And maybe she is too. I don't know. Mm. Anyway. So <laughs> he walks in and he hears kids giggling, like upstairs. He walks into the room. He goes up to the window. He looks down and he sees the Lutzes and their kids and the dog, Harry. You There's know, a the, dog. <laughs> the dog. There's a dog. There's a dog. All in the backyard, having a great time. And he, I guess, decides, hey, you know what? I'm going to bless the house while they're over there. Because that's what he's there for. That's what he's there for. So the flies start showing up like one, then two, around that window. And all of a sudden you see like a bead of perspiration on his forehead. Which at first I think, oh, it starts to get really hot in there. Yeah. But what it is, is he starts to get ill. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's hundred. What looks like hundreds of flies, all too many together. Too many on that, all that window, bzz- and mm-hmm. and they're all over him. Mm-hmm. And 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 then you have that mm. get out. Yes, and it's creepy as hell. It says it twice. It doesn't, and it twice. opens because the door shut right on him as well before all the flies right. start showing up, and then the door opens and. And he this tells voice tells him to get out twice, and he does. And he does, but he he is struggling as he's getting to his car. I mean, to the point where he actually throws up. Poor guy. I know. And then he tries calling later, but he can't reach Kathy. And as he's making the call, he realizes that he has what looks like boils. Well, on his he hands. he reacted like if the handle was hot, right? And static. Mm-hmm. Was in place of her voice. Yes. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this now. To me, the whole story with the priest is the scariest part of the movie. Oh, you think so too? Oh, you think so? Yes. Interesting. Yes. We'll get into it as the episode goes on, but his stuff is disturbing because this... I mean, what is it? It's not a demon. 
it's not an, is it an entity? It's evil. Whatever this evil is, is going out into the world. Well, it's... To hurt him. But it's targeting him because he is a messenger of God. And it would be the... The but it didn't affect the nun later as bad as him. I guess because he came in to do a cleansing of the, the house, cleansing, a and he of the actually house. got that far. I think that's why this evil is just like onto him and trying to really hurt this man. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and the evil goes out of the house yes. to affect the priest. Yeah, it's strong. It is, it's- and very scary. That, to me, was probably the... I mean, it is the scariest part of the movie. I agree. You know, almost immediately, George begins to act weird. He does. Almost immediately. Almost immediately, Even yes. his physical mm-hmm. well, I attributes said it too. start to change. When you first see him, his hair is like this glorious hair. All flowing. And, I mean, James Brolin back in the day was, you know... A good-looking man. I mean, he still is for his age, but, you know, he had that whole flowy... Yeah, he had a very 70s hair. Yeah. And it looked awesome. And the next day or, you know, when a few days go by, it's already... Raggedy. Yeah, that's the best word for it. It looks all It's like, what happened to you, dude? And his eyes look different. I mean, he did personify that change really well, but it it almost happens immediately. And he goes into the house saying that it's cold, it's cold, it's cold. And and I remember in the book, he was always obsessed with how cold it yes. was in the house. And he goes down to the basement to, I guess, stoke the furnace and all that other stuff. And, and then one of the kids comes down and falls down the stairs and then he helps him back up. And But when the kid falls down the stairs, mm-hmm. he kind of snaps out of whatever this trance he's in with this evil taking over him. Oh, you know, that's a good word for it. Trance. That I couldn't He's kind I, of I, in a trance. He when is. he went down there, he was in right, he was in a trance and then like he got out of it the minute he went to pick up the kid and took him up cuz you can see him he was more lively when mm-hmm. he picked him up and was trying to help him That's upstairs. what it is. See, I, I couldn't put a name to his behavior and it, it it's like he's in this state of numbness or just like he's disconnected so he's like in a trance like you said in a trance oh my god great great word i like it good good so that night like most people who inaugurate a new uh, couple who inaugurate a new house or in some, a horror movie in a horror movie they have some hanky panky but of course the kids show up and fuck it up <laughs> <laughs> amy gets taken back to bed and you see the rocking chair move that's creepy it's always creepy. Another you know, rocking chair. Rocking chairs. I mean, yeah. I don't want a rocking chair ever again in my life. I've only, well, I think grandma had one and that's it. <laughs> I'm good. Really? No rocking chairs. I mean, I'm kidding, but <laughs> they're like the new shower curtain. Like, what's going on? <laughs> the new the shower. The visit, the conjuring, <laughs> this. Pretty sure Annabelle has a rocking chair in the actual movie, too telling you rocking chairs are, are the scary new, so like mirrors. rocking chair is the new the new plastic or shower yeah it's like a shower curtain mirrors are scary mirrors are basements yeah. like what's up you know yeah. it could just make you one of those people who would never leave a room because <laughs> for fear of everything it could be it, it's bordering on that <laughs> george wakes up later that morning i suppose that's technically correct at 3 15 the first night that he wakes up at 3.15. And it's one of many more nights that he'll be waking up at 3.15 a.m. Now, it's something that struck me, and I noticed more this time that I've watched the movie, is George spends a lot of time chopping wood. He does. It's like an obsession. Because he's cold. I know, but... (laughs) And then, not only is he obsessed with the wood, he's obsessed with the axe that he's using. Yes. And sharpening it over and over. And he's in that trance state that you referenced before, when he's in that frenzy of wood chopping and sharpening of the blade. It just... it That creeps me out, the way he looks when he's doing that. Because you know he's not right. And Kathy comes home from grocery shopping and she drops her bag Mm -hmm. and he just keeps chopping wood. Yeah, like if... Like how rude. (laughs) 
Oh. What an asshole. This is like the guy in the lodge who doesn't help the girlfriend with the luggage. Yeah, that's true. Why didn't you help your wife pick up groceries? She and had to come tell him, like, hey, can you help me? And he freaks out when she does. Yep. He gets really mad. <laughs> Bent out of shape. <laughs> this, like, I right. mean, you can really... And this is day four when this is happening, and he's already... Mm-hmm. She kind of notices, too. She, she was like, hmm. It's like, what is, what's going on here? I'm like, all right, weirdo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's when she's, she's in, you, the next thing you see, the next scene that you see is her in the kitchen, and she's smelling something. Yes. But. We don't know what. We don't know what. Something but you bad. you can tell that she's smelling something. And this is when Amy comes into the kitchen and starts telling her about Jody. She gave me a, a little scare there when Kathy turned around. Oh, what the? F- Where did you come from, kid? <laughs> you know, of the three kids, Amy irritated the hell out of oh, me. Oh, me too. Me too. There was something about her that just, I didn't like it. I didn't like her either. Didn't like it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The next thing you see is Kathy tries to call Father Delaney, and you realize that Father Delaney is really sick with the flu so going back to what you said mm-hmm. it is now physically affect- affecting him then the toilets start overflowing with this black gunk molasses looking shit it looks more like tar yeah it's i guess that's what the boiling. smell was yeah it's boiling oh it looks like it's boiling over the toilet and at that moment um kathy's aunt Helena, who is a nun, shows up. Yeah, it doesn't she, go well for her either. She gets sick immediately. Yep. She, I mean, she just gets there and leaves. She tells Kathy, I, I gotta go. And Kathy's like, oh, but I bought your tea. Nope. Gotta go, lady. Yeah, she is out the door. She, and didn't, then, she didn't mess around like the, the priest. She's yeah. like, I'm out. She, <laughs> and she got sick too. She, she also vomited. Up. She Pulled over and had to barf on the side of the road, too. This thing is evil. It's night five, and this part in the movie, even right now, still gives me goosebumps. And it's when Kathy wakes up screaming at 3.15 a.m. She was shot in the head. It was scary. and I mean, I jumped at that scene, too, because it was very shocking. And it affects her as well, because you think it's just going to be George mm-hmm. waking up at 3.15, but it was affecting her as well. But it's her voice, the way she says it, that, oh, my God, I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about it, that, I don't know, that was a pretty impactful scene for me. It was very short, but it was, to me, really good. The next day, Father Delaney is getting driven to the Lutz's house because he he needs to go back. He needs to go back. And the other priest is like, why? So he's driving him. And all of a sudden, that priest, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name right Bolin. now. It was Bolin. Father Bo- Bolin. There we go. He lost control of the car. The wheel just stopped. The brakes and aren't then working. It just starts swerving. Even the hood of the car just blocks their view. Yeah, it just pops open and back. It was like, it was like, crazy. Like, what the hell? Like, Shit is hitting the fan with this guy. He's not even at the house. This I know. is what I mean that I think his scenes and what's happening to him are scarier than even what's happening in the house because I can this that. thing is out there bothering him and bothering. being malicious. No, no. The thing is attacking him. There we go. Physically and mentally. Yes. Yes. Mentally screwing with this guy. Mm-hmm. Poor Father Delaney. I he was just trying to help. I know. And he really does. He wants to Because he's them. even trying to go back. He knows. Right. He knows that something's not right there. But this evil thing just does not want him interfering at all. Do you think that it's because it fears what he might be able to do to it? I believe so. I think it sees Father Delaney as a, a, threat? a credible threat to stop the mission of possessing, I guess, for lack of a better word, George to do the exact same thing, that like the DeFeos. Right. Could that be. makes sense. Yeah, it could be. That would be. See, we can even draw our own conclusions. I like that. Isn't that fun? I like when we add our own thoughts to it. And I don't know. I have fun with that. The next part we see is that um, uh, Kathy and George are getting ready to go to her brother's wedding, but George is looking really bad. He looks and terrible. He looks even worse. 
And we find out that Amy, their kid, is the girl, the daughter is um is sick too. The boys go with to them the wedding. to the wedding as well, and they hire a babysitter who coincidentally is named Jackie. <laughs> who stays uh taking care of Amy. I wouldn't want to take care of Amy. She's not very nice. She's not very nice at all. And neither is just Jody thing. Then what happens next is really bizarre. The babysitter go Jackie goes in to to see Amy and to give her I think she said an, an aspirin. aspirin right before bed. Right before bed and you know to get her all comfy and tuck the kid away whatever. But there's a look on Amy's face as she's talking as Jackie is talking to her that just like was off-putting to me. I and didn't really notice. I I did because I noticed the kid's face when she she was behind her mom and introduced and said, oh, I have an imaginary friend. Mm -hmm. There was a look on her face that I didn't like. Mm. And I I know that it has to do with the influence of this Jody thing, being, entity, whatever you want to call it. But it was, oh, the look on her face was just disturbing to me. And Jackie goes to get something or put something away in the closet. She was going to get her pajamas. Okay, her pajamas. And the door closes behind her. Yep. And she can't open it. Nope. And Amy just sits there. But with a little hint of a smile on her face. And her eyes are kind of glassy-ish as well. And this poor girl is trapped in there. And she's banging and banging on the door. And all of a sudden the light goes out in the closet And she's banging so hard that she starts bleeding on her hands. Yeah, her hands are all bloodied and ugh. And the kid is just sitting there. Yep. Just sitting there, not caring about this poor girl screaming her head off to open the door. We'll be back after this quick break. Her parents come home and they're like, what's going on? Why are you... Why did you do this? Why why didn't you open the door? And George was able to open it. Yeah, just right away. like nothing happened. It was and and he went inside the closet to show it was it could open, but clearly Jackie couldn't open it. And Amy has nothing to say for herself. No, all she could say is that George is screaming at her. Yeah, because what you did is a little evil. And when the parents leave the room, you remember what she she said that Jody doesn't like George. Yeah, well, we don't like you, bitch. <laughs> Or your friend Jody. Shit. (laughs) We get very passionate about things, don't we? Yeah, we we do. (laughs) On the eighth day, George's business partner shows up. He comes with his girlfriend or, or wife. I'm not really sure the relationship. She got out of the car and then immediately said, I'm not going in there. I'm not going near it. I'm just going to wait in the car. Her face changed completely. Like, oh, hell no. She was like, no. No. She even rolls up the car window. Yes. The partner goes to speak to George, and George is there sharpening the axe like it's cool. And the business is in shambles because he hasn't shown up. And he hasn't paid and the employees. And he hasn't paid the employees. And it's like it's not connecting. The well, guy's it's talking not, to him. Because George is in his trance yes. right now. And George is not home. No, George doesn't seem to be home. <laughs> Meanwhile, the two boys are screwing around, messing around with their sister by being on the top window and Amy's playing, you know, outside. And they they have like this, let's say, fishing reel with a fake spider. They're being boys. They're being kids. Like, yeah. And she says, oh, leave me alone. And all of a sudden, the window completely shuts on Greg's hand, mm-hmm. one of her brothers. I think that was Jody. Oh, Absolutely, it was Jody. I mean, at least she's a good friend. She's protecting her, right? <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, I don't know about Being it. Being overprotective? <laughs> it's pretty mean. I don't think the intention is kind there, okay? I know, I know. So, but the thing is that everybody rushes up because this kid's screaming, obviously. The blood. And there's all this blood and they cannot open, open the window. The window. I mean, it's just like, and and at one point, I don't remember if it's George or his partner says, it's like it's nailed shut. Yes. Yes. 
eventually they do get it open and you know they take the kid to the to the emergency room and Kathy is disturbed later at night like she she's having difficulty going to sleep and she says to George do you not find it strange that none of his bones broke right given the intensity of how that was slammed down on his hand that was bizarre Uh, something should have broken because it was pretty like boom slam shut Mm -hmm. something now this night a lot of shit happens 315 (laughs) george wakes up he hears the fly noises and he goes to that same room Mm -hmm. where father delaney was and he's full of flies again (laughs) and the close-up of the flies your favorite ew and the front door just blows off its hinges and freaky and the basement door does too yes and harry the dog goes into the basement to paw at this like brick stone wall Mm -hmm. that looks kind of out of place yeah it does look out of place it looks out of place compared to everything "Hmm." else in the basement yes and 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 it's interesting to say that earlier in 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 the movie um, George detects like a weird draft in an yes, area and in it's the near basement. that yes. near that wall as well. The police show up, you know, they investigate, ask questions. And the detective that was originally involved in the DeFeo's case was alarmed at how much George looked like DeFeo himself. So much so that he asks him if he's if related. related. But he doesn't come out and tell him that he looks like DeFeo. Right. right. George heads to town. And you see him coming out of what looks like maybe a town hall or whatever. And you can see that he's got architectural plans all rolled up. He's on his motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the library, finds a book. And instead of checking it out. He steals it. He steals the book. How rude. Yet again. And he, and he ends up at a bar and he meets his business partner there. And they start having a conversation. With the girlfriend. Yes. The Business partner's girlfriend, mm-hmm. whatever she is. Right. And it's also interesting to say that the bartender kind of freaked out when he saw George. Yes. And, and then he tells him flat out, you look like this guy. Yep. Yep. And George is kind of weird when he tells him that. He's like, yeah, so what? <laughs> it's yeah. Like, and? <laughs> and the guy just like backs up. Again, he's in one of those weird moods. Um, but they're all talking about the house and they're looking through the um, through the book. Yes. And that's when they discover the history of the house. John Ketchum, who was a witch, owned the land and lived on that land. Another witch. Another witch. Hmm. Like in The Conjuring. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Jeez. And they're very possessive of their land, these witches. I, I see that. See that. Don't mess with a witch. They decide to go back to the house. And this time, I found this kind of weird. The girlfriend wants to go in. Right. But didn't you think she was acting, like, excited in a weird way to go into the house now? Considering she was very adamant about not going inside a day ago, now you're like, yeah. Like, all of a sudden, I want to go down there. I want to go into the basement. And she does. And then she starts destroying that wall. How does, how dare she? This is like, okay, fine. Father Delaney knows Kathy, blah, blah, blah. So he he lets himself in. But who are you destroying the walls of my home? And, and the business, his, her, her boyfriend, uh, George's business partner, tell them, what are you doing? This isn't your house or something like that. And, and she's still at it. But then George comes in and he's like, all right, let's break this shit down. <laughs> and he starts banging and banging and banging. And finally, it comes down, or a, p- a portion of it comes down. And what you see is a red room. Yes. Now, is it red because of paint? Or is that blood? It was never really addressed. Did I miss it? Like, No, it was to me it was paint. I didn't oh. see it as blood, but I saw it as paint. But did they really address what the room was? No, they did not. See? They didn't. That's annoying. That is true. They didn't really address what it was. And and it was kind of, in the movie, it was kind of glossed over. Yeah. Like, oh, this witch lived here. This was his land. 
And I guess it's implied that things happened in that. People died. I think she, she did mention that people died there. Yeah, but it was kind of a gloss. It was over. ambiguous. Yeah. It, I know if I remember correctly, I mean, it's been years since I've seen it, but the remake, I will give it credit, does give a lot more detail about the history mm-hmm. and that room. That is in true. Particular. It did. It did. So definitely we need to watch it and do an episode on it. <laughs> And then the girlfriend is looking through the through the the big hole that they just made, and her voice changes. Yes, and she's like, "Find the well. It's a passage to hell. Cover it." And they never do. I know nothing. Nobody. You never. So see you it. say this, but then nothing. You I don't. Mean, act maybe on that's it. the point, right? Like you. Where is this mysterious well? And I mean, that's why all hell breaks loose in that house all the time, because nobody's covering this random well that no one knows where it is. Was that the well? I don't know. Then why did you uncover it? It was covered by stone. So you fucked it up and made it worse. (laughs) If that's the case, I guess we'll never know. Not in this movie. Not in this movie, but in the remake, yes. (laughs) I think the remake does a much better job at discussing this part of I it. think I think it did. I think in this movie it I will say it it was kind of glossed over. I and in the book I think there was more detail, but it's been probably 30 oh, years, 35 years since I read the book. Oh my god. Oh man. Yeah, I should it's, probably visit that again someday, but anyway. We forgot to mention really quick because again I I do like the the priest side of this. Mhm. Kathy does try to call the priest again. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. they were able to actually communicate for one line and then... Bam. Again oh. with the static. And he gets ill again. Mm-hmm. Poor Father Delaney. Yeah. Just wanted to make that extra comment. George and Kathy find the cross that they had, the crucifix that they had had hung up on the wall, upside down. Always a bad sign. That's <laughs> definitely a bad sign. Yeah. They pick it up and they decide that they're going to bless their own home. And George is taking the crucifix from room to room and they're going and they're reciting verses from, I guess, from the Bible. And they're just going through it. And all of a sudden, the the crucifix, it falls out of George's hand and Kathy tries to pick it up, but it burns her hand. Yep. Never a good sign again. (laughs) All right. We cut to this scene. Father Delaney's in church with Father Bolin. Bolin, yes. And he starts reciting all these things. He looks up at this statue, which of course is creepy, as always. I think it's like an angel type thing. But it looks creepy-ish. Yeah. The statue starts, like, shaking and then breaking. Yeah, pieces start falling out. And then all of a sudden, the priest goes blind. I I find that so disturbing. Mm-hmm. You, you went blind from what? It's this thing. This thing is evil. Oh, yeah, for sure. But what is it? And the thing is that Father Bolin is there with him, and he doesn't see any of this happening. Right, be- well... Then we find that the statue really wasn't moving. It right. wasn't doing anything. It was all in his mind. Mm-hmm. And and it's interesting to note that when he was reciting the verses from the Bible, he was getting louder and louder and louder. Father yes. Delaney was getting louder because he was freaking out and he was sweating. And then Father Bolin is looking at him like, what the hell, dude? What's yeah. going on? And he kept staring at that statue and pieces were crumbling until that last piece just smacks him in the face, which didn't really happen, and he's completely blind. It's creepy as hell. It's really scary. Mm-hmm. I always found that scary. I still find it scary that it's that powerful. He's not in the house. Yeah, I know I keep been... repeating that, but he's not in the house. He's not near this thing. And he can't even get thing. there. Yeah. Wow. Poor Father Delaney. I know. Again. <laughs> 3.15, again. Boom. George gets up because he hears a band playing. This part in the book is really good. It is. 
It's not that good here, but it's, it's good. It's not in that the, good here because in the book, in the book, if I remember correctly, this was happening every night. It was happening every night. Here it was just a one one shot barely. Deal. Yeah, and it was like, eh. and the statue, if I remember correctly, too, in the book, it was moving. It would move all around the, the room and and yeah. all that. And here again, it was a one shot deal. Yeah. So he wakes up, and. He's hearing a band playing. He runs downstairs, and then it stops. And he trips over that dragon statue thing thing that's there. And by now, it's now sundering. It rains a lot in this movie. Did you notice that? Yes, I have noticed. And the next thing you see is Kathy is having a nightmare that George has killed her and Amy. He might have. He could (laughs) have. If they would have stayed any longer, it probably he just might have. It probably would have happened. The next day, George has what looks like bite marks on his ankle, which is from the statue. Mm-hmm. And it's clearly bite marks. It's yeah, not you can anything see the, else. You can see the little fang marks in there. And if you, I can picture lining it up to the mouth of the statue, and it's it's a perfect match. It's a perfect. <laughs> ooh, listen to you. You're a forensic. It's a perfect match. It's a DNA. I found this part interesting because George is sitting in this chair and all of a sudden he just starts screaming that he's coming apart. You hear, this is George, George. Yes. And I We haven't seen George in a while. Yeah. And I feel like this is George fighting whatever is in him and it's literally ripping him apart inside physically and mentally. What do you think? This evil thing... Its main purpose is to break him down and get him to the point of how Ron DeFeo was, which was to murder, just take over. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't really know what the purpose of that is either. What is it? Is it to sacrifice the house? Because I think that's what bothers me about this is that you you don't know what this thing is. You don't know if it's a demon, a ghost, just some evil. Is it Satan? Like, what is it? Yeah. I, is I it John Ketchum? It, you don't know. That's true. That's what bothers me at the end of this. Like, is that just, why it wasn't satisfying? Because now yeah. you didn't have... And then it's it's contradictory to me because I do enjoy movies where you can come up with your own conclusions and your stories, but then I do like having things explained to me. But this is too much that I'm like... You guys are all over the place. That's what it is. It's too ambiguous and they're all over the place. And there's no, there's no one thing that you can say, aha, maybe X, Y, Z. Right. Which is what you usually like. You don't mind when it stays kind of in the air, but then you can form a conclusion. But here you have nothing to base it on. Right. Except that John Ketchum lived there. He was a witch and maybe killed or buried some people. Who the hell knows? Because it wasn't ever really clear. So we don't know who is causing this evil. I'm going to assume with my own conclusion that it is John Ketchum, that it's this witch that just wants to kill everything. And that's why. And he's dead. And now he just wants to possess the man of any house. But even that sounds silly. Not any house, but I know any man mean. that is the man of this in house. That, in that house. Even that sounds silly. Because and I co- wish I remembered the book because I don't. I don't either. I don't know if the book even goes into this much detail. I'm going to have to read this again. Yeah. And I know I keep referencing it, but The Conjuring gave you like this story. Right. And it was a much more solid story. I just felt that this was in that sense. Right. Oh, man. Uh-oh. Did I talk you around? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. No, don't be influenced by me. (laughs) You're a bad influence, young lady. (laughs) All right, so George is unraveling. He can't, you know, he's falling apart and he smacks Kathy. Yeah, they get into an argument and he smacks her really hard. So that's shocking. Kathy goes to try to talk to, to the priest, but... He is nowhere to be found and, you know, he's been mm-hmm. sent away. This is another scene. When when I saw it as a kid, I thought it was creep. It was creepier then because TV back then, uh, VHS, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't clear. Yeah, it was always grainy. Grainy. Yeah. There, that scene where you, where Father Bolin looks at 
Father Delaney from far away just sitting there in that mm-hmm. black robe. Robe. Like a monk. It always bothered me. Because it looked eerie. There's something eerie, even though Father Delaney's not evil at all. Right. It's just something so eerie about that shot. I, I still don't like it. I know. You mentioned that. You you said, I still don't like this shot or angle or scene. I don't. Because of the way it looks. Yeah. It's very well done in making me feel, whether it was intentional, whether that was the point, I don't know. But it worked for me because it it stayed with me. Clearly, it stayed in your mind. I've never forgotten that. Hmm. I don't remember when I when we rewatched it last last night. I'm like I don't remember a lot of this, but I always remembered everything with the priest. Hmm. It stayed with me because I think evil can do evil. It does. It's strong enough to do something like that. And when you see Father Delaney, he's. Oh, it's like he's gone. He's gone, yeah. And that maybe that's the thing too. Like, wow, you defeated a a priest, mm-hmm. basically, and someone who not only had a career in as as a religious person, but he was also, if I remember, a psychotherapist. This, a, a psychotherapist, right? So this, I would, in my mind, would be a very strong willed, strong minded person. And if this could do it to someone like that. What else would it be capable of doing? Right. And th- that's what's frustrating about this movie, because the evil of this is good. Like, it's really well done in the fact that it is bad. Mm-hmm. It can reach out outside of right. where it's captured. Where, it's, where the centralness of this evil is. But it just doesn't give it, you enough you're right, story. You're right. It does fizzle in the basics of the story itself. It just right. doesn't have two legs to stand on in that sense. Oh, well. Yeah, <laughs> we digress. <laughs> and this is it. This is the last night in the house. Night 28. George is outside and he looks up at the house and in the window he sees Jody. I think it's Jody in the form of like a pig or a wild boar. I wonder why. I don't know. I, I don't remember. But yeah, I mean, that that part was creepy. The way the eyes glow and all that stuff? Ew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really creepy. Mm-hmm. And George has his loving axe with him, and he goes into the house running. By now, Cassie has figured out that he is deranged, and she's hiding with the kids in one of the rooms. And at that point, he starts banging into the door with the axe. Like the shining. Like the shining, because I thought of that while we were watching it. And at that specific moment, there's some music that's played that I'm like, what the hell? This is like psycho music. Yeah, I mean, it sounds whole, almost identical. Identical. The violins, that yeah. shrieking violin that you hear in the shower scene. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. It's hilarious it was. how we have been watching movie after movie that has this specific score in it. Yes. And seeing how everything is influenced by the past. Yes. So Cool stuff. He's struggling and he looks like he's about to kill Kathy. And then all of a sudden he sees her. At, she, she looks like an old, old lady. woman. Yeah, that was weird. It, it was so weird and there was no explanation for it. I don't understand that. Right. And, and all of a sudden he just changes. Back to George. Yeah. He's George and he realizes and he grabs everybody and is like, let's get out of here, whatever. And all of a sudden you see blood coming out of the walls, down the stairs. And and they all are running to get out of the house because they can feel it's palpable that something is coming for them. Yeah. They finally get out of the house. They get into that little van that they have and they start to drive away. And then Amy... Is like, oh, but what about Harry? What about Harry? The dog. I know. Harry is still in the basement. He's obsessed with that. With that that red room, whatever. And in the meantime, in that red room, you do see the the floor. Pulsating? Pulsating. Yeah, there you go. It, It was pulsating, but nothing major happened. And again, going back to what you said. And George... Drives to the end of the block and he leaves the van there and he runs back to the house to go and save George. I love it. I did love that. I love that. He goes to save George. Did I just say that? (laughs) 
<laughs> I meant Harry. Harry. There you Oops. go. A blooper now instead of at the end. Yeah. <laughs> George goes to save George. Well, maybe he kind of did. Maybe he did, yeah. In his own strange way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as George is going down the stairs, they collapse, but he gets through. He 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 falls into this thing into what looks like that, that molasses black, black tar thing. That came out but of the it's toilet. All in that oh. red room now. And the dog is freaking out because I think at first Harry doesn't recognize who the hell that is. Yeah, it and seems that way. Probably his sense of smell is going to be off because of the smell of that stuff. Yeah. But then he realizes that it's George and the dog saves him. I love it. Finally. <laughs> yeah. And he George picks up Harry and they're running and he runs with him. And by the time they get to the van, he doesn't have goop on him. Thank God. Because that would have been Because it all rained. <laughs> yeah. Rained off of him. Yeah. Again, raining again. <laughs> And basically, they're out. They're gone. The Lutzes supposedly never claimed their personal belongings. And from then, they moved to another state. And that's how the movie ends. I'm glad the dog lived. Me too. For once. For once. Because, oh my God. He was so cute. Oh, he was adorable. I'm still disappointed. I know you are. Even after talking about it, it has good things. And that's the issue. The movie has a lot of good things going for it. It's just that I think it was like these pieces of good just mashed together with no additional story to make it as amazing as it could have been. The delivery of the actual base foundation of the story is weak and that's why you don't like it. Because horror movies like this, haunted houses or possessions, I like when they have a story. Because mm -hmm. it's usually something creepy or disturbing or... It, it's horror, mm -hmm. which is what creates this. And then when you don't really have a story or you have a half-ass story, which is what you get here, it's kind of a letdown. You know, I do see your point in this. I mean, it's still a classic, but eh. I'm, I'm sad that it wasn't as amazing as I remembered it to be. Well, that's sad, though. It that is. That is sad. It is sad. But we had a great time watching it. Yes, we did. So that always makes up for it. Um, what about sound in the movie? The, the notable thing for me is the theme. The sing song of those children. Yeah. yeah. That we, we heard at the beginning. I mean, that is Amityville horror to me. Yeah. Other than that, there wasn't anything, anything else that stands out. I agree with like you, except for movies. the psycho music. Well, yeah. Because that just threw me off at that point. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> How about best scene? What was your best scene? The scene with Father Delaney in the church where he goes blind. That's my favorite. I could tell. It shows how evil this thing is. Not only is it reaching out to him from far away, it made him go blind. And probably incapacitated him mentally, apparently. Maybe. Maybe he went a little insane. Maybe. You have to, a little, if all of a sudden you go from being perfectly fine 20-something days ago to mm -hmm. being... Blind and ill, a burned hand. The church isn't supporting you because there was a scene where the church is not supporting him. Yeah, they him. basically tell him to shut up. And now he can't even practice as the psychotherapist. Like his life is ruined. His life is done. It's all because of he walked into that house for under ten minutes. Yeah, I thought it was a very powerful scene for all those reasons. What about you? My favorite scene is when he first goes into the house and his encounter with the flies in that room. That's a good scene, too. Because it, it, it's quick, but at the same time, you visually see how he starts to get ill mm -hmm. and how the flies start to accumulate. And, and you instantly know that this is bad and it's attacking him and the whole get out. I've always been freaked out by that voice. I know yeah. it, maybe it isn't as scary sounding as it maybe could have been, but it still freaks me out. Oh, I thought it was good. Yeah. I thought it was a good scary scene. So it, it's the beginning of his... Demise. Down, yeah, his demise, his downfall. Yeah. And I just, my heart goes out to him there because he's really trying. He loves this family. He loves Kathy. Yes. He wants to help her. He wants to bless the house. He goes there with the best of intentions. And he does it throughout the whole movie. His interest is helping her. Helping them. And the church has turned their back on him. Yep. Completely. 
to the point where like shut up and go take a vacation somewhere and leave this alone and i, I it's just a beginning it's sad I, that scene is the most impactful one to me and the flies are in a way personifying how evil this evil is and how it just overpowers him because the flies overpower, overpower him. him. Look yeah. how little they are. Yes. Just swat them away, right? But you can't. No. They're overtaking you mm -hmm. and you're thousands of times bigger than That's a fly. That's a great analogy there. Yeah. They swarmed him and they never let go. No, they didn't. All right. Best character? For me, Father Delaney. I put Harry. <laughs> But yes, Father notes. <laughs> but yes, Father Delaney as well. <laughs> and I think we already said why. I mean, I'm, yeah, we've discussed Father Delaney a lot. A lot. <laughs> what about unlikable character? I think you you said the right character earlier, Amy. Yeah, she's so bitchy. She's the best <laughs> unlikable character in the entire movie. Because the kid did a good job. Yeah, she did. She did a good job. Yeah. Um, I couldn't. I hated her. Yeah. Even so even in the in the in the van when she said the Harry thing, there was still something about her that bugged me. <laughs> the look in her eyes. I think she was also in a trance with this Jody. Oh, I'm sure. Character. I'm sure. I didn't get that sense with Harry. No. At the end, with the I guess dog. it's because I've had had, I had think enough you had with had her. It with her. <laughs> had it with her so i'm gonna guess that it does not hold up for you no it does not unfortunately I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in spite of the ambiguity to the backstory of of the movie I, i'm i still enjoyed watching it that's fine i mean i enjoyed watching it too i just don't think it lives up to my to what you had in what your head. i thought i had in you my had head. expectations for it i did yeah it's all right. Yeah, it's a, it's all right. It, it's what happened. I mean, look at Friday the 13th. I ended up really enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's look at the rules. We've got our seven rules. Number one, don't say hello or who's there. Rule number two, turn on the lights. Rule number three, don't split up. Rule number four, don't go upstairs, into the basement, or attic. Rule number five, why are you going in there? If it says don't en don't enter, no trespassing, danger, keep out, I don't know, whatever. Rule number six, make sure the bad guy is dead. And rule number se seven, no Ouija board. What was broken? Well, the basement. Everybody went to the damn basement. And every time somebody went in the basement, the shit hit the fan in some shape or in some way. Another rule that was broken mm -hmm. was that the Lutzes moved in there. They went in there when they willingly knew that that family had been murdered there. Yes. And that what to the me hell? is that's a big, danger. That's danger and do not enter. And just red flag. Red flag, guys. Yes. Mm -mm. Big ass red and flag. Even the real estate agent is like pushing this on you. You should be a little concerned. Yes, I agree. Those were the rules that were broken in Amityville Horror. Scream Award. Um, three out of five. Three out of five. I screamed about three times. Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll go with that because I only remember Scream, one jumped. time, but maybe I was so focused on the movie that I didn't realize. I Normally I was. see you. Plus the cat was distracting me. The cat? Yes. Phoebe. Oh, my cat. <laughs> yes. Your cat was well, distracting me. That's what they're there for. <laughs> All right, folks, that is a wrap for episode eight. Wait a minute. You didn't give your Scream Award. Well, I don't really have one because I didn't remember. You didn't scream? No, you didn't do anything. No, I had nothing. All right. So I'm going to say it again. That's a wrap. This is episode nine, The Amityville Horror, and we'll see you in June. Thank you for joining us today at Horror Cafe. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram under Horror Cafe Podcast. Please subscribe, follow, rate, and comment. And we have a website. You can visit us at horrorcafepodcast.com. Hit us up on the contact page and send us a message. We really love getting messages from you guys. We really do. We'd like to give a huge thank you for Rabbit and Red Radio for making us a part of their podcast family. So we're a pod fam. Yay. <laughs> you can find us on their platforms 
at rabbitandredradio.com and iTunes. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys want to laugh a little bit more? Stay after the music for some bloopers. And until next time, bye everyone. Bye everyone. I'll start again. That is a wrap. This is episode eight, the Amityville Horror. No, it's not episode eight. It's episode what? Nine. Nine. Oh, my God. Wow, Mom. And he walks into this room, and he goes up to the window, and he can see the Delaney's. (laughs) (laughs) The blooper right there, man. The Delaney's. You said it's so confident. I, know, I love it. I'm I glad know. we caught it though instead of later. I know.